Let's do this, bitches. We, we do a good job and I think we deserve the pay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of The Pussy Mansion. My name is Aurora, and today my special guest is a very lovely friend and very lovely human being named Olivia. Hello. We are here to talk about, well, discussing strip culture back in, well, when did you start dancing? Oh, gee, I guess it was 1998. 98? Exact. Yeah. Damn, that's sick. Yeah. 1990s 90s. strip culture. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here to talk about strip culture from the 90s and the 2000s. And uh, also, if you didn't hear, uh, we have a new president in office. Joe Biden. <laughs> anyway, moving along, because we don't care that much. Well, at least Trump's out of office, so yes, that's good. That's a woohoo. That's a good. That's a good woohoo. But yeah. as, as for voting for Joe Biden, eh. um, I, we can move on. Yeah. So, anyways, so Olivia, a few questions to start off this interview. How did you start stripping? So you said it was 1998. Mm. How did you get into uh, into the strip club? What was that for you? Um. So I started because um, I had a friend that I guess was uh, into the same like stuff with me as far as like dressing up and she came in she came over to my friend's house and she was really decked out she had a purple wig on she had like eight inch heels on and I was like where the hell are you going I love you what are you doing right now and she was like I'm gonna go to work and I was like where are you working <laughs> right now? You're like, I want to work there. I know I was like what is this so uh she was like oh I'm, I work at a strip club and so I was working at a uh, a little boutique that sold like novelties adults novelties and uh she came in shopping and she had all this money and I was like girl okay I was like she so anyway fast forward I went to go try out a night with her and that's how I started (laughs) pretty much like it was just like so tempting to see how she looked how she could look how she wanted and all all that money so I was like I I, yeah I gotta I gotta be a part of this so I get started dancing at um Okay, it was at Centerfolds, which was pretty much where all the new new girls would start, I guess. So, yeah. Right. That was how I started out. So, who was Olivia, in your own words? And how did you pick the name Olivia? Um, so, like I, like I said, I was working at the adult novelty store, and we had Book of Olivia, the artist, like her pinup art. Oh, wait, can you tell people who that is? Olivia, she's um, a pinup artist from like, she was very popular in the 90s and um, she had just, she did Betty Page art. She did a very, um, it's hard to describe. I mean, you've seen like her hyper book. Real, not hyper-realistic, but. But very like, it's almost like a. Yeah, the girls were very 80s looking. They had like the blonde pompadours and it, it was you would see the Betty Page like it was that's her known like work. So I was like, I man, if I'm going to be a dancer, I want to look like these girls. I want to like have the impression on stage of how these women look. So I was like, that's that's how I came up with the name. That's a fucking cool story on how do you got your name? Yeah. <laughs> Mine sucks. No. I literally not. just was like gothic stripper names and that's how I did it see way cooler 
So what was your what was your style? That was the persona that you kind of had was off mm. of this artist. So what did you dress like? What was um, your what was your taste in music? Well, um, Depeche Mode, of course. Depeche Mode was my go to uh, sexy music. Um, I guess like I was too scared to experiment in my I was in my punk phase, so it was like more uh, known eighties music, New Order. And um, I would dress like in black wigs, like bob wigs, thigh highs, uh, and we had to wear liquid latex. So that kind of put off the illusion uh-huh. quite a bit. But um, yeah, it was uh, just trying to look as um, not like myself as possible because I had purple hair and like my friend was able to dress that way, but I felt like with my tattoos, I wasn't able to like go that far, I guess, because they're really weird about tattoos. So what did your hair look like when you started without the wig? Without the wig, it was, um, it was bangs. It's really, really, really short bangs. And, um, my hair was about down to my butt. Um, but it was like, it was red. And then one point, like, I think a a few months into it, I dreaded my hair. So I had dread. So it was a masterful effect that I had to like put all those dreads underneath a wig cap. But people would be like, how are you doing that? But I would like bobby pin, like a hundred bobby pins. So it, with dreadlocks, you're not going to get paid. Like, I <laughs> unfortunately back then, like any kind of, any kind of weird, but my friend, like when I said she had the purple wig, she just had, it just looked sexy. I didn't feel sexy when I started stripping. I was very shy. Uh-huh. I didn't feel sexy at all. So I did anything and everything to cover up who I look like, who I felt like I look like on the regular, so. So it was just a whole nother persona. It this was wasn't just a whole who persona. you were. This was an entirely it different Olivia. person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is super cool. So growing up in the 90s and 2000s, I think we can both agree that the culture was different, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and that doesn't just mean the music or the party culture, but I, I think how women were presented in the media. So... I was far too young when I was watching MTV and I saw commercials for like (laughs) Girls Gone Wild and you know you had the simple life and you know the Anna Nicole Smith culture Mm -hmm. and you know all that stuff so what would you say growing up as a young adult like a young woman or a teenage girl compared to now? Well back then um I guess like just growing up my family like we were never very open about sexual things like stuff like that and I feel like Besides that, like, things uh, as far as, like, the the way things are now, women seem more open about their sexuality, and back then, like, it just felt like you were labeled as something bad, or, like, you were not, if you try to be sexy, like, just out in the world, if you told people you were a stripper or anything, you were judged just, like, automatically. Right. I feel like now it's so much more open. Um, you can, you know, pretty much tell people... What you do, and it's less looked down upon, as far as I can tell. Like, back then, though, like, we didn't have any avenues to, like, research or, you know, like, see what else is out there as far as clubs or just people that we could relate to. Yeah, there was was, really no community. Right. That's exactly. It was just very, you know, go out there and find out for yourself. Yeah, (laughs) fuck around and find out. Yeah, and, but don't tell anyone about it, because you might be judged. Yeah. So... That's kind of, you know, that's the difference I see now. Do you think that being, like, 18 or 19, because how old were you, you were, how old were you started? God, uh, 18, yeah. So, like, at that point, do you think there was, I mean, you're you're going to a club and you're stripping, but, like, was there even more hypersexuality surrounding, like, being a teenage girl? 
Because I feel like nowadays... Ooh, I shit, yeah. Yeah, I feel like nowadays... I mean, we've had we've had instances now, like, in L.A., where bands are being outed for being, like, you know, pedophiles and whatever and, like, talking sure. to underage girls. And that's not okay, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like when I was in high school and with girls who are in high school now, mm-hmm. like, they are way more aware of what's right and what's wrong when it comes to older men, like, hitting on them. Oh, yeah. Back then, it just didn't seem... I don't know. It didn't really seem that risque up in the club like of course um like you know the older the older guys seem to always mention how young I looked like they was always like the big thing that's mainly the kind of customer I got was like really old guys that always had to say like oh you look so young how old are you and then I would lie being 18 saying I was like 25 or something so you know they'd buy me a drink or something all uh, right you're <laughs> like I'm in it for me bitch <laughs> exactly I was like but no, it was odd to me, looking back at the time, no, that they would always mention, like, how young I looked and how, you know, they would always ask, ask questions about my, how young I looked. I don't know. It was yeah. like, you know, kind of creepy thinking back on it. But at the time, it just didn't really phase me as much for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's something that the younger generation of girls now, they're way more aware, aware yeah. of that. And I, I think that's it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's great that they are. Because mm-hmm. when I was in high school and I was hanging around, like, people that were in their 20s, and I was like, I thought I was the coolest fucking person in the world. <laughs> but really what was happening is I was being groomed. That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. see younger, like, teenage girls being aware of that and being like, ew, gross, get the fuck away from me, don't talk to me, yeah. like, you're over 20, like, or whatever, <laughs> you're over 18, why are you talking to, like, a 16-year-old girl, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So... I just think that's crazy because, like, I looked back on myself when I was that age, and I'm like, dude, I didn't even think about no. that for one I, second. I thought I was cool, too, knowing all these older people. I mean, outside of the club, like, I was hanging out with people that were, like, you know, 12 years older than me at most, and it was like, I'm cool. Yeah. Like, but what were they doing hanging out with these young Yeah, I know, and, like, and he, did, he never thought people. about it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, a big realization for me was, like, when I finally realized, like, oh, that's really gross. Like, a lot of the fucking, like, dudes I hung out with. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, that's, it was such a weird, like, realization. So, but seriously, like, fucking props to the younger generation of teenage girls and women that are coming up and being like, yeah, this is wrong. And I'm mm-hmm. happy that we're educating one another on that. Because, yeah, I mean, when you're educated on it, then it, it just changes things so much. And back then, like, I didn't know what was up. I didn't know, like, what these guys meant. Talking about me being young, I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna lie and say I'm older. No big deal. But were they being creepy? Probably, yeah. You know, you know. Actually, Keps Maria had told me this story. So, she, um, how old is she compared to me? So, Keps is about eight years older than me. So, when she was in middle school, she had told me this story about how when they were going from eighth grade to ninth grade, and yeah. she was hanging out with some girls, and this was in like you know the early two thousands, and they had casually said to her like we're going to be sluts next year. <laughs> and she was like, what? 
and they were like, we're going to be sluts next year. Like, and it was like, it was such a weird thing. And I wish I could have her in the room to actually tell the story because obviously I'm butchering it, <laughs> but, but it was like this whole, like that persona back in the two thousands right. where it was like, it's going to be like a, a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like that, like that slut culture. And it wasn't in a way that it is now where right. it's different. It's, it's not, it wasn't like the, the more like organized, constructed, like the be a bimbo movement or anything like that. Yeah, like no, it was like entirely like media managed by like MTV and other like you know corporate television networks yeah. that were run by men. Like of course, I mean that's definitely like yeah, like you said, like Anna, Anna Nicole and all that. Like those, especially Anna Nicole. Like when I was coming up in in the industry, like it was. It was her that was, like, the one that we would be like, oh, Anna Nicole, you know, she, like... She fucking secured the back. Yeah, she She freaking did. (laughs) Dude. R.I.P. Anna Nicole Smith. Right. I'm gonna put her on my Santaria altar. I'm gonna get, like, a candle with her her face on it. Dude, I fucking love her. She's crazy. (laughs) So, um, let's see. Also, at that time, what was the political time like? So you were, so like what, Bush administration, Clinton administration, like what was that like? Um, like, like, uh, like I say, like, okay, for instance, like the Clinton thing, like as far as like him and Monica Lewinsky and that whole thing where, you know, they had that affair, whatever happened, everyone looked bad on her. Like she was the asshole who, you know, sucked his dick or whatever she did, but he, what happened to him? I mean, granted, did he get impeached? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. I don't think he got a pee. I think it was a discussion or something. But either way, like, he didn't really come out smelling like shit the way she did. Of course. And Monica so. Lewinsky was, like, what? Like, not Younger. even 20, she right? She was, like, young, too. Yeah, She, she was, was, like, either like, in her early 20s or, like, 19. taking advantage of her. Like, exactly. Was like, you see, you look up to me, okay, get, get to business or whatever. It yeah. was just, like, that, for instance. And then, um... I guess just the whole, like, how everything, especially in Texas, I don't know about in other cities, I didn't really dance outside of Houston um, and the surroundings, but, like, the whole, we have to wear latex and everything, like, everything was just very, like, that's dirty, that's just, I don't know if that's a political thing, but it definitely felt a little political, you had to, like, have a tag with your name on it, on your, on your ankle, saying, with your face and your picture and everything. The fuck? Yeah, you had to have a license. Oh, yeah, yeah, to your body, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. To, I don't know, for whatever reason, but I just never did it, because I didn't, I didn't think that was right, so. Right. Um, as far as, yeah, back then, I wasn't very, uh, I was paying attention to the political stuff, but just the, everything that was, like, shoved at me, just, like, the Monica Lewinsky thing was very... You know, that was... And then the 9-11 happened when I was dancing. Yeah. We're going to get into that actually a little bit later. Yeah. But, um... Back to the Monica Lewinsky (laughs) thing. So that's... That's something that does really bother me, even though I wasn't around for it. But thinking about how you were this young woman that was pretty much exploited Mm -hmm. and made a lesson in front of the entire nation... How fucking crazy is that? That was the biggest form of slut shaming on like national fucking news. That was like a huge thing, and it was horrible for her. And I just feel like awful that she was slut shamed like so blatantly. Just like look at this slut. Look what she did. Yeah, this dress. Look at that cum stain. Like crazy. (laughs) Oh my god. Like that's insane to me. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, it was it was brutal. I you know it's. 
I don't think that would happen today. That would not happen today. He would be the piece of shit, I would hope, in this day and age. I would hope. I would fucking hope, too. You know? So, party culture and dating culture in the mm. 90s and the 2000s. As far as just, like, myself? Um... Just in general. Like, I always have an appreciation for, like, 90s club hits. Like, I fucking right. love techno. I love Gabber yeah. music. I like Acid House. So every time I hear that shit, I'm like teleport me to yes. well of course you know girls back then like that were dancing um we didn't really like explore the options of like cool music it was always like very top you know back at the time it was like nickelback and uh that was <laughs> girls would dance to nickelback um girls would dance i guess like dr dre you know that was a staple there in the heavy metal Hits. I don't know if that's played anymore in the clubs. Like, I loved it. I love that people were girls what, were dancing like scorpions the, oh, and like yeah. Motley like Crue. Crue and shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I was like, that's so sleazy. It just it, it, that's when it's when I was stripper music. Up. It's stripper music. It's fucking stripper music. I love music. it. Um, and I would dance with that sometimes, but I was like, you know, Depeche Mode and stuff like that. But yeah, like as far as club like stuff, like back then because I was so young, like after work, we'd go to like raves and stuff. Like the girls would get together and go to raves, and it just felt like the community that we had of course you know because we you know we were all together like especially the girls that were in my group at the, at the club we would just always hang out like after the clubs and uh, go to shows or what go to, time would this be would it just be like day shift and then you get out at like 10 to go to the clubs or then be like or okay after, after hours at like three in the morning sometimes we would go to parties um just like a girl would throw a party and we'd go over there or uh like like weekends would be like you know raves oh my god <laughs> I was yeah. like I miss being young and having all that energy to just be like wow I you miss know. fucking fun yeah exactly I yeah especially Olivia now. and I had had have had some very fun times <laughs> and I for one am missing I'm all missing of it. it so much damn it I miss being wild in the streets same <laughs> so whenever you would be dating someone, or you had a partner at the time. Yeah. Um, do you mind me asking what your sexual orientation is? Um, I, I'm bi. I, I'm, I'm in the 90s. I'm lingo. I'm, I'm bi. <laughs> <laughs> so, how was that? Because the reason why I ask yeah. is because, like, if you were with either a woman or a man, whoever yeah. you wanted to be with at the time, how was mm -hmm. that explaining to them, like, this is my job, I'm a stripper? Well, the guy that I was with at the time, um, he was also my age, so I was with him the whole time I was dancing up until, like, maybe the last two years, and we were in an open relationship. I dated girls and guys, and he dated, we just had a, you know, free love or whatever but and then you know when I got a little older into my 20s I dated a guy that did not like it I had to lie to him about being a dancer I quit for the beginning of our relationship and I went back um because I moved to Seattle came back started dancing and in Seattle no I didn't see so that's when I quit I, oh, I wish I did it there. Wait, you, I would have probably even stayed. Moved to Seattle with the guy. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then and then came back because we broke up, and I started dancing again. And when I moved back from Seattle, he followed me, and and someone outed me, saying that I was dancing, and he had no idea. He was always against that. He knew about my past dancing, but he was just like, uh, you know, you know, you're, you're dancing, so 
What was his excuse? Like, what was what was the problem for him personally? I just feel like he has low self esteem, which is like ninety nine, like the underlying factor. Yeah, reason. like it had no impact on his life whatsoever until someone told him about it and then became a problem. I was like, so what is the problem? I did ask him that, and he was just like. You lied to me. What that was is it. the truth? I didn't lie to you. I didn't lie to you. I, I had two jobs. I was working at one place and... You know, <laughs> and I was working at another one. <laughs> yeah, I told you about one job. Big deal. Like, you omitted the truth. But he cheated. He ended up cheating on me the whole time anyway, so he got what he, you know, lied to him was no big deal. That's the funniest thing to me is when people... And I, I think Minx and I had this discussion um, in uh, one of the earlier episodes of the Pussy Mansion where we talk about relationships, uh, which you, you guys, if you have haven't heard it please go take a listen um this this whole this whole like idea that going to work at a strip club and being naked in front of men or yes. dancing for men lap dancing or you know what not even just men like yeah women. Exactly. <laughs> i have actually a lot of women that uh i've i've had come and see me and yeah, i've danced for a lot of women and honestly it's it's great. It's, it's, way it's so awesome. I, I mean, I, I love my female customers. But the, the thing is, is that they, they have this idea that you doing that is somehow infidelity, which makes no sense to me because you're, it's a job. You're yeah. getting paid. Someone you're is paying gonna... you for a service, which you are providing. And that gives them the right to uh, find an excuse to actually cheat on you, which is just, oh, so, which is so strange to me. I, I, I don't understand that. I'm like, if someone pays me to do my job, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's just so strange. I think they're projecting. It's like, probably if you were doing this job, you would be the one cheating, but I'm a professional and I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it, I feel like it's low self-esteem. That's what it comes down to, honestly, so. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. So at the time that you were dancing, and you kind of did mention this a little bit, like that you had your tight knit group of girls that you hung out with, and you guys went to parties and stuff. What was the strip culture like at the time that mm. you danced? Gee, like okay, at the time, the reason why I had that close knit group of girls was because, like, when I started, like I said, I was shy. I was very a noob, I guess. I was very, um, uh, I got it better eventually, but in the beginning, yeah, girls did not like me when I started dancing. They're like, who is this little, you know, girl with her little tattoos or whatever and her giant tits. <laughs> What is this girl doing here? And I, your dump truck ass. The meanest girls were the ones that were like the fake boobs and everything. They they were like beautiful. Why are you mad at me for coming into your show? Like, you know, you're all <laughs> With right. With your dreads underneath the yeah. I mean, but not even it. I don't know. Maybe they were mad that I could hide my dreads so well under that fancy wig. I don't know. <laughs> but so we, I became tight knit with like all my. All the girls that were different. All the girls. Right. I mean, it gets fun. It felt like a high school. Like, but I, I went to all different kinds of clubs. So every every place was different. Some people were more welcoming than others. Some dancers, uh, you know, even the managers were kind of treating me different in a way. Right. It's just like it, it changed it with every club, you know. So, yeah. So one of the things that um, I actually heard about from a friend of a friend of a friend. <clears throat> so the club that I work at has been around for quite some time. And yeah. uh, my friend's uh, physical therapist actually used to work there. Oh. And one of the things that she had said to, to my friend was that they would be extremely like outrageous about women doing extras at the club. Right. And one of the things that they did was they would break into the girl's locker who was doing extras and take their stuff out back and set it on fire. <gasps> That's crazy. 
And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is with, like, motherfuckers wanting to commit arson in the <laughs> 90s? I don't know. No, that was, they would, there would be specific girls that would do that, and there would be the champagne room, you know, they'd be in the champagne room, like, all the time, and people were mean to them, too. Um, I was like, to each their own, of course, I did not like for a customer to be like, what's going on over there? How about a little over here? It's like, no. Exactly. You have your set boundaries. I have boundaries. Like Jessica had said, she, uh, you know, we're all in different boats, but we're going the same direction. And And personally, exactly. If you're doing that shit, to me, it's like, this is why it should be legal. Exactly. Because honestly, I'd rather you be doing it in a place, in a venue that you know, you're safe. on the streets. I mean, exactly. so much better than... Exactly. It's just... It's some form of, like, like safety or, perca- yeah. or caution. Yeah, for or sure. Or at least an allusion to it, that you're just in a venue and not, like, somewhere out yeah. in, like, the random boonies. Yeah, that's dangerous. So, I mean, you know, props to them for doing what they can, you know, but, like, I... I yeah, I didn't appreciate how mean... The girls would be in burning yeah. someone's stuff up. That is yeah, like... Yeah, that's what she fucking told me. I was like, ranges. damn. Yeah, that's wow. So what was the music that you would hear playing usually at the club? Um, uh, any any club that you worked at? You said Dr. Dre. So yeah, that, okay. was, that was the typical, like, it wasn't like a lot of, um, like, Top 40 at the time, which was like, like I said, Nickelback or um, Stained, like, toward the end of my tenure as a dancer, it was like, Stained was a big one, and I always thought that was weird, it's always like, the really depressing song, and the girl See, would be, yes! <laughs> Some like, bitch comes out dancing to Portishead. Like, yes! Oh, I wish! Oh my god. I, no, I was like, I wish I would have danced to Portishead, but yeah, like... It was, uh, at the time, actually, I like Top 40. Now, compared, I mean, Top 40 back then was, was awesome. probably, like, banging yeah, compared to now. Yeah, but at the time, I was like, eee, what is this? You know, but now, I'm like, I miss that Top 40, but, yeah, so it was like, um, you know, the... I, I, What's a I song that you heard, that you can hear right now, right? If this okay. was playing in my fucking, uh my sewage pipe that I live in, and it was it was echoing off of the walls, you'd be like... Flashback to the club. What song do you <laughs> think keep, of? That's why I keep mentioning Nickelback because of that one song. This is how you remind. Is that Nickelback? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's not like you say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why do you? You know who you sound like with that accent? You sound like little Nikki. Like Adam Sandler. <laughs> 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 that's what it sounds like to me. Absolutely not. Oh my goodness. But no yeah, one dances anything I think like of every time. That's like your. It comes into my mind. Like, I was like, because it always confused me. I was like, Nickelback, dude. Like, it's your Soviet stripper <gasps> song. Like the Soviet sleeper that like turns you on and you start killing people. Yes. Except exactly. you start taking off your clothes. It's <laughs> that Nickelback song. Oh my god. And there was that other band that converted to, to like religiousness. I forgot it. It was around that era, but that's another one. I can't even think of it. Arms Wide Open. With arms wide open. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, no, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Man, fuck. Come on, I'm gonna look this you up. You know who I'm talking about? Creed. Creed. No. Creed. No. There was that motherfuckers was, that danced to Creed. That, I mean, definitely. I that mean, I believe it, but top, it's just like. Top, top. Nickelback Creed. Pearl Jam? Barely. Yeah, Black was a good, it was one of the ones that was always played. Like, every night I would hear that song Black by Pearl Jam, which I I started liking. I was like, this is what kind of, I don't like Pearl Jam, but I like that song because it always right. makes me think of, like, 
a certain dancer. Right. Aww. <laughs> so you you were talking about liquid latex, and I know that um, mm. where we're at, liquid latex has been like a. We're actually pretty much all over the U.S. Liquid latex has been kind of like a conversation here and there for the past however many years. Yeah. And uh, some clubs or some cities will periodically have moments where they're just like, okay, liquid latex, and then five years later they're like, okay, you can show your nipples or whatever. So. Besides that, what were strippers wearing at the time when you were dancing? And um, the amount of time that you were dancing? Um, not many people wore the latex. They had their license, so they wore the G-string, the, you know, the G-string. or. Um, so if you had your license, you didn't have to no, wear latex? No, not at all. Oh! So I was competing against girls that were showing their, you know... So in order to actually be able to have your bare boobs out, mm-hmm. you had to have a license. You had to. And that was everywhere in Texas. Yes. But in the city limits, we had to um, wear the, the latex. So I would go right outside the city limits and, you know, be able to not, you know, have to deal with all that. So, yeah, because the, the the liquid latex would give me, like, uh, whelps on my skin. Like, mm-hmm. I had piercings. Yeah, it would stick to my piercings. How it would be fuck, like, dude? Yeah, and then I also had to, like, wear um, the full bottoms. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My whole ass, like, yeah. it had to be under there. Primarily, like, what, what I mean by what were they wearing, um... Mm-hmm. Beyond the liquid latex, like, was there a specific kind of fashion trend that was happening around the stripping industry that you noticed mm. or that you could be like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of, like, this year or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like, um, <laughs> it was always, like, the, the slingshots were a big thing. I don't know if that's still a thing now, but that was huge, like, all different kinds of variations of slingshot, like, they'd always tie them all kinds of ways and... I was always jealous because I wanted to wear one, but since I had to do the full backs, like, I couldn't. But it was so sexy. I was like, it really accentuates, like, the yeah. curves and stuff. So that was a big one. Um, but I was always surprised, like, because I would wear, like, eight-inch heels and stuff, like, because... Yeah, because you're goth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and girls would, like, some of them would come out some clumpy, stumpy little things, and I'd be like... And they'd be like, wow, how are you walking in those? Like, how are you walking in those? How do you feel sexy in that? I'm they sorry. come out in, like, Nikes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> like, new balances. They're like, damn, girl. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, like, it was um, a lot. Like, the, the the heels that had the really thick soles were big in the 90s, I feel like. I don't Yeah, like platforms and stuff. Yeah. It was a big time for that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, I don't really know what's different now. I haven't been to a strip club in, like years i feel like right now at least for where where i am like one of the big trendy things that i always see is um the designer like fabric designer label like some gucci yeah like but it's not obviously gucci because gucci doesn't make cool stripper clothes (laughs) but you know it's like fendi and gucci and moschino and it's like all these designs for these like really really like intricate like elastic and fishnet like two pieces and i'm like that's sick it's something that i see commonly definitely Wow. That and, um... The people were not that I don't interesting with their like, wares back then. Because I always think, like, for me, I wear a lot of lingerie, but I also wear mm-hmm. a lot of, like, vinyl. Yeah. 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 I, I I wore that sometimes. I was... I liked lace a lot. Lace and, um... Kind of that PU, that kind of shiny... Not leather. It looks PVC? leather. Not PVC. Yeah, sometimes, but it's like that stretchy, this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so it was really basic, I feel, compared to what you're telling me. I was like, wow, yeah, people didn't get, like, 
it never really kicked, you know, they never really looked very, wow, that's a cool dancer outfit or anything right. to me. So. so what was tip out like? And going back to the liquid latex, I wanted to talk about some of the laws, rules, and regulations that you experienced in your dancing career. Yeah. So starting off, like, what was the tip out like on average? Um, it was different for every club. Right. Um, so basically, like, in the beginning, I was dancing, like, a lot of the times in the morning or early days. And it would just be uh, tipping out during the day. Like, they didn't ask for tip out for me. Um, you, you didn't have tip to pay out a house fee, right? I didn't have to pay a house yeah, fee. Yeah, because they didn't implement that until later. Right. So it was just tipping out the DJ and the waitresses sometimes, the ones that were helping me at my tables the most. And um, sometimes the managers, you know, um, if I had, like, a hard day. Um, so, yeah, it... Um, so it was, yeah, so different everywhere, but for the most part, it was just basic tip out. To yeah. Like 20 bucks here. 20 yeah. Bucks there. Yeah. So, um, what are some of the laws and regulations that you experienced when working at the club? Like I heard this one, um, apparent law and I've tried to look up like laws in different States and different cities that yeah. pertain to strip clubs. And it's a lot harder than I realized. Like, I actually had exactly. to put in the work. I can't just Google it and then read the first three, like, links. <laughs> like, I actually have to look into this, which yeah. is like, damn. But, like, one like, of them that I've, that I've heard periodically throughout my club and uh, other clubs is um, you cannot take off your shoes. Because mm. they say that that is... Um, a health hazard, right? And I've heard... I actually heard... Definitely like something... I've heard that you can't take off your shoes because, well, that makes sense, but, but because yeah. it'd be seen as doing, like, an extra, say, if, like, you have, a like, a fetish person. Oh. But, like, oh. I had talked to another, like, friend of mine that's yeah. also a stripper, and she's like, no, that's not true. Yeah, I never heard that one. And, you know, it made me think. I was like, so at what point are these rules that we're being told from management and from the club or from these guidelines that were provided, which mm. that never happens. We never get any guidelines. <laughs> there's no, there's really no handbook. It's and thrown out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like what, what rules are actually just complete like lies? I've always wondered that. Yeah. And also as 1099 independent contractors, are we even like, do we even need to follow those rules? Because we're not employees, you know? Exactly. So I've always thought about that. I'm like, wait, well, what the fuck? Like, I've heard one about, like, you can't have your pubes showing. Oh, yeah, I heard that one. Yeah. That was a big one. Um, yeah. Um, as far as, you know, what I was thinking about when you asked me to do this, I was like, wow, you know, I was always scared of a raid happening, um, you know, because of my license thing. And sometimes I would be shady and I would like just walk around without my latex on. Like, <laughs> like if I was in the champagne room or something, like right. I would just walk around the club. But anyway, um, I was like, wow, I never was part of a raid, um, ever. I was, and now I'm like, was that a myth? Because I never heard or, you know, of course, you know, I'll, I'll go somewhere and they'll be like, yeah, we just had a raid like last week. And it's like, what's that like? Like, I never had that happen when I was working, like, ever. Thank goodness. Yeah. But... Raids do happen. That's crazy. I have, I have had friends that have experienced raids, and, um, actually, there was a very big one that did happen several years ago where you used to work. <gasps> and, yes, yeah, that was a huge deal. Like, actually, forever ago, and that's when they implemented the liquid latex back. They and then came they, back after Yes, that? after that raid. What? And, you know, it's it's crazy because I actually was talking to my, my favorite DJ in the world, and, uh... 
as we were talking, I, I was debating on getting a bigger locker at my at my club. I was like, man, maybe I'll just pay like the extra like fourteen bucks and get this big ass locker. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you should do it. And I'm like. Okay. And he's like, no, you know why? He's like, because if we get raided, you can fit your entire body in that bitch and you can just close that shit. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. I was like, like climb up in there, like, yeah, just like close that up. Because apparently someone had done that. And I was like, what? I was like, all right. crazy. Yeah, and you know, raids are so fucking crazy to me. Like, the concept that Mm -hmm. this this group, like, like, of, like, what, SWAT team? I don't know what the fuck happens. If you are a stripper and you're listening to this podcast, have you ever been in a raid? Please tell me what that was like. I would love to understand what exactly that is like. And I have had girls that I know that have been part of raids, so I hope to have someone tell me about that soon. But, yes, if you have any good stories... Well, they're never good stories, I would assume. But if you have your story or experience to share about uh, your club getting raided, please email me at aurora.violets at yahoo.com. So you've never been part of a raid, which is good. No, no, never. Like, uh, I just heard about them, and I was always like, what? Um, Thank goodness, because I don't, you know, I was one of the few people that uh, didn't have a license, so... I didn't know what they would do with me. Like, would my bottoms not be big enough? Did they have to be diapered? Did they have to, like, hang down on the back of my knee? I didn't know. Like, was my little latex not on straight? Like, I didn't know what they were going to do to me. So I was always kind of nervous about it. But, you know, it never ended up happening. Um, not even, like, like a club I would come back to later. They'd be like, oh, wow, there was one just last week. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. But... I should have got specifics. Now I want to know what actually happened. Like, was it scary? I was just like, wow, and that was the end of the story. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard different different things from different people. Like, did they manhandle you? I know the lights come up. That's yeah, what I heard the lights come up. And it's like, what? That's what I've heard Please. before too. Like, I remember during what was it? It was Friday the thirteenth, and all the lights came on because you know. Our club is ancient, so I don't know why, but it did. And I've never seen this. I've never seen a woman run off from stage <laughs> in Aiden Shields so fast. Like, uh-uh. the lights came on, and she was, like, <laughs> like bolted. bolted. And I was wow. like, whoa. I actually just ended up hiding my face because I wear pancake makeup to work. <laughs> and so I was like, no, nobody's going to look at me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would not be a good experience. So some of the like... rules that they might have told you, like, was no grinding a rule or, like, you had to have, like, yes. both of your feet down? Like, what are... It was crazy. Um, we had to have, I think it said the three the three feet rule. You had to stand three feet away from your customer. Three feet. Wow. So that was... It, so liquid latex on the nipples, full bottom underwear, yeah. and you had to stand three feet away from your client. Or your In patron. a lap dance. Yeah. A lap dance was three feet away from your client. So, or, yeah. So it was just like, well, I mean, no one listened to that. No one actually gave a lap dance you would not make any money in that case. Like, right. you know, um, so basically we just like hope that, you know, we didn't get in trouble. We would have sometimes the manager would come by and, you know, be like, do the tap. Yeah. Do the tap. And it would be like, okay, back to three feet. Um, how fucking awkward is that? You're so just like, awkward. okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you just go. <laughs> you have to feel pretty damn confident to like just stand there and you like your liquid latex and just like move around and hope that the guy like wants a second dance. <laughs> not like, okay, good, good, thank you. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like you're in a full nude club, right? No, exactly. So, I mean, um, three feet rule. Yeah, that was that was the thing when I was working. So, did they have any rules about dress code um, or scheduling? 
Yes, like, um, as far as, like, scheduling, like, like, for me, for instance, like, because I had tattoos, I had to work in the daytime in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then, um, some clubs didn't care, some clubs did, um, as far as scheduling, like, you had to work your full shift, like, they, you... What was a full you, shift? You had to, like, seven to mid, seven to, uh, two mm-hmm. was the full shift at night, and then in the daytime, 11 to about 6. Mm-hmm. So, and I pref- would have preferred mid-shift. Sometimes they, they let you... So you had day, mid, and night. Yeah. Um, but a- a- you weren't even considered an employee. You were still considered an independent contractor. Yes. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't know anything about the taxes. Like, when I was a teenager, I was like, mm, this money's mine. Like, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't know anything about that until, like, my last year of dancing. And you're like, oh, fuck. I was like, please, don't come after me. But <laughs> I was just a child. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. No one told me. Like, seriously. Like, I've been on my own, like, since I was really young. So it's like, no one told me about this stuff. Like, even my first, like, other jobs, like, uh, I didn't know about that stuff. Like, uh, like I'm of course I didn't make nearly as much money just those little jobs before you know while I was dancing and stuff right (laughs) I I feel like a lot of the time I feel like a lot of the time when uh or at least for a lot of the women that I've worked with like when when I started and when a lot of my uh, other friends started it wasn't like anyone taught us anything no one No. no one gave us a handbook I've always repeatedly said this on this podcast there really is no like guideline or handbook that you're given in the beginning you're just thrown out to the horny wolves and you're expected (laughs) to know what to do oh god yeah like I started the first time I ever was in a club uh, a strip club was whenever um I, I was waitressing at a place. Were you a cocktail waitress? I was a cocktail waitress, and I was I was seventeen, and I was horrified for some reason. I don't know why, but I never went back, and I was so scared. Um, maybe it was a club. I never went back to that club again. Yeah. It was I don't know what it was, but I was just like, okay, I'm never going in that atmosphere again. But somehow, maybe it was being with a friend when yeah. I started, um, and also the money. The money, like... That's the big thing. It's, it's, you know... It's been a common discussion, like, now, like, I didn't do it because I I never fantasized about it. I never thought to myself, like, oh, man, I want to be that. Like, that's so cool. It's like, no, I was just like, damn, that's a lot of money. Like, I can't... I can fucking do this. I was like, I I, I think I can do this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I was, I mean, painfully shy, but somehow when I started thinking, when my friend was like, oh, yeah, you can make this, I was like... I can beat this. I, I can beat this. <laughs> I can. So, did your confidence build because of the women that you worked with? Yeah, to an extent, it did. I mean, sometimes you know, depending on you know, some people were like mean to me, so it kind of shattered my confidence sometimes. Right. Um, and then that, of course, those same days, I would be like asking a customer if they'd like a, a dance or something, or you know, a guy, and they'd he'd be like, "No," you know, and it, yeah, that would. I mean, that and I go home like crying sometimes, wow. like. I just felt so bad about myself, and then other days, like, I'd be on stage and get, like, hundreds thrown at me, and, and then it, my confidence would come back up again, so right. it was, like, an up-and-down thing for me, um, so, yeah, it, it did help my confidence, though, when it did, like, right. it was, yeah. So, I, I think one of the things is, uh, when with being a stripper, people don't tell you that you experience rejection a lot, a lot, yeah. and... Uh, there's this constant question of like, well, how do I get the same kind of confidence as someone that is a stripper or an entertainer? And 
I can honestly say that is something that is coming from yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anyone can make that happen for you except for yourself. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Like, you can't rely on someone else to build that confidence for you. You know, you have to actually believe in yourself and believe that you you have it, you know? You know, you can't just... Because, you know, you're you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, I guess. Correct. You know, you, everyone has a type. Everyone looks different, you know? So you, you just... I learned that later, you know? But at the time, being young, I was yeah. just like... It was kind of hurtful a little bit, yeah. especially being, <clears throat> like, little confidence that I had in the beginning. But, you know, you just got to, you know, now that, I, that I'm older, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, people are different. Like, what can you do? So, oh, yeah. That's... So, what do you say at the clubs that you worked at, um, age diversity, racial diversity, what would you say would that had oh, wow. been like for you? Yeah. Like, do you see people mainly in their 30s, their 20s? I saw people up into their, like, there was a few girls that were up there in age that had been at the clubs for years and years and years. Like, there was a, a lady that was in her 40s or late 30s. Um, she was, like, the top mama there. Like, Aww. she looked awesome. So, it was like, go, you know, go for it. But, um, and then there was, you know, like, it was all kinds of women, you know, um, you know, like I said, like, all kinds of types, all kinds of flavors for everybody. But, you know, the smaller clubs... Where, um, where it got a little more, I guess, not as many, you know, options of girls. It was like... like what do you say, like skinny, white? Yeah, white, no tattoos. skinny, no tattoos, Were these gentlemen's clubs? Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's, yeah, that's all what I think. very, uh, just one type, mostly. So right. there was no... They were trying to favor to a specific kind of clientele. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those were the ones I didn't really fit in. It was always the ones that had a more, you know exotic selection right. I guess you would say but yeah so sometimes I think about how the pandemic when it's going to be over how I'm going to think back on everything and how weird it made just our lives everything from not being able to go out and spend time with your family and your friends and having a drink going to a show seeing live performances work mm-hmm. at the strip club I'm sure is very strange right now for the women that are out there working um I'm positive. I, how do you how do you maneuver through that? What are the necessary precautions that you take, right? So can you recall a major event that took place while you were stripping that shook things up at the club? Uh, definitely it would have to be when uh, 9-11 happened. Um, it definitely caused a major shift at the club. People just were not, I don't know if it was because people were afraid to fly or, or what, but it was, a, it was the last year I was working and people just stopped coming in. Like, I was not making money. So the only way I was able to make money was to have, like, my customers come in. I would have to literally call my customers and be like, hey, I'm bored or whatever, you know, come see me. And, um, yeah, so basically that's how I was able to quit. My my customer was just like, um, look, you know, I'll take care of you. <laughs> so you sugar baby. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do the sugar, but I definitely made him think I was interested for many <laughs> years. I'm sorry. Years? Years. He was always, he always offered to take me out of town. I never wanted to be in a situation with him where I would be overnight with him. Um, he never wanted to be in a situation. I never wanted to be in a situation. <laughs> I was always meeting him somewhere, but for years... Um, he told me if I quit, you know, he would take care of me. Uh, 
So after 9-11, that definitely caused a shift in my life too because I was like, this isn't working. No one's coming in. This is, you know, I'm not making money. And, you know, he was always really, (laughs) really trying to like, you know, he was always there. So he basically convinced me to quit. Wow. Dancing. Yeah. And then I don't know how I got rid of him. (laughs) He finally, I guess when I got a boyfriend, I admitted to him finally, I have a boyfriend. And he just kind of, he was like very hurt, but then he went away. But dude, I know he's kicking himself for spending so much money on me. (laughs) Hey man, you came in to my place of work. Exactly. You fucking know. Also like, that's how you your girlfriend. I I can't believe he tried to convince you to quit. I mean, honestly, he didn't convince you. You were just like, fuck. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it took some convincing. Like I was just like every day. I mean, I would kind of complain to him. I mean, he, he was there. He saw that it was very not worth being there. Right. And, um, so it was a, you know, it took a couple weeks, but I was like, yep, you're right. I need, I should probably quit. And, um, and I did have another job at the time too. Um, I know that that's how some girls have been doing it. They have their regulars, they have their clients or they're, you know, seeking arrangements or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's like, how do you, how do you have that trust in someone like that? They're going to take care of you. If you're, if you're not wanting to do specific things or if you have boundaries, like you had to make that clear, you had to put that down. Like I'm very clear with, um, any regulars that I have. I'm like, look, I'm not going to do this, this, and that point A, point B, whatever blank. Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, that doesn't even have to mean like anything sexual. I could just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm, (laughs) yeah, I don't want to kiss you on the mouth. Exactly. Like, yeah. Hey, like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's okay. But whatever your boundaries are, it's like, you have to put those right out in the open. Right. And uh, if any, if any patron or any client disrespects your boundaries, no matter how small or how large they might be, move on. Exactly. I mean, he was so respectful. Um, the thing that actually made me trust him was he was very religious. He was... Very, very religious. Oh my man. god, he was trying to crusade. Your, I don't know. He was trying to save you. I maybe. He never did anything untoward towards he never tried anything, surprisingly. I've had regulars that asked me to go out with them, but they were always really touchy at the club. Oh no, I was so thinking I never, like he was trying to save you, like he was like repent your sins. Like, like Jesus. a little bit. It felt like that a little Jesus bit. Jesus loves strippers. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> felt like so I almost trusted him in a way um not to be in my life forever not to take care of me forever just to be my uh guiding light into you know other things (laughs) there used to be this group of um of women that used to come into our club that Jessica told me about that would come in and try to save them with like gift bags yes and uh, one of the like muscle t-shirts that they gave to the girls in their gift bag with like the OPI nail polish and shit (laughs) was uh, Jesus loves strippers amazing I'm not kidding I'll show you you a fucking picture Um, actually once this episode is posted I will post that picture (laughs) online just so you guys can see by the way Jessica still has this muscle t-shirt um God bless. God bless those girls that tried to come in and save us. Well, not me. That's I wasn't amazing. there. But save those girls with OPI nail polish and maybe some, like, hand sanitizer. 
maybe some hand lotion. So I, I actually, we talked about this in the beginning of the episode. Um, I feel like being a sex worker today is something that people are a lot more open about. Yeah. And that's mainly because the community has transitioned online, right? Yeah. So we have more access to other entertainers and uh, f- different forms of sex work, where online I feel like it was mainly like, you know, pornography. Yeah. But now we have, you know, strippers, we have burlesque dancers, we have... Um, everyone can have a platform for whatever they do. Yeah. And instead of sex workers just being um, kind of put into one category of like 18 and up websites, like restricted access, mm-hmm. no, now we're on Instagram, we're on Patreon, we have... OnlyFans, we have Spotify, we use Anchor, you know, we use all these different platforms to expand our horizon. So with that being said, the stripping community back then compared to how it was now. Right. How would you describe that? Well, I mean, we didn't have that stuff back then. Like, we didn't have any platform to ask questions, to hear stories, to, you know, we just had to basically know someone that you know, had the experience, I guess, you know. Um, So that's why I feel like it's just a very more open environment for, you know, dancers. You know, it's very, it's more accessible. um, And I feel like that makes it less scary for girls. Or, you know, I would be less nervous knowing more stories of how it's going to go, you know. So... I feel like, no, we didn't have nothing like that back then. Nothing at all, um, except word of mouth, basically. So, going beyond just the stripping industry, but, like, how was it for people that were in the BDSM and fetish industry? How was it like for Mm. people that were in the sex toy industry? Or even, Mm. like, you know, escorts or prostitutes? Well, definitely, like, when when I started dancing, like, I was working at the the adult novelty store. Like, we sold... uh, (laughs) at the time VHS tapes of you know like pornos and stuff like that was before you could get on online and just look at whatever you wanted yeah like, it looked like it was bi- recorded video a toaster or some shit exactly like, it's all fun- yeah it takes like three hours to download yeah so exact. I mean it was a popular thing like where I worked it was just like the VHS's and uh you know also at the time there was a lot of uh the fetish balls would I don't know I, don't, I haven't really had I don't think those happen anymore regardless of the COVID thing like do people really have fetish balls anymore I feel like they do yes I mean like what is it um torture garden okay yeah happens like Uh, the big yeah but then you also have like small little like fetish balls that happen here and there where we are and then you know people still have like play parties did you hear about that like 600 person orgy that got fucking raided in Germany Wow. Yeah. Of course in Germany. Peak, yeah. Peak Germany. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think uh, a friend of mine was telling me about how Torture Garden was in LA. That was like one of the big ones. And yeah. like Dina Von Tees was there and shit. Amazing. Yeah. Like back then we had like the, you know, we had the fetish balls happening and we had like a store that catered to the, we had a few stores back then. Now it seems like all that's gone. Like everyone's buying their stuff online. So you would say that the general acceptance of stripping yeah. Is is remarkably different from how it was when you started. Oh, for sure. Like, everything is just... It seems there's so much out there now. Like, back then, there was... You had to go find it. But that's the same with everything. Because the internet now, everything's so accessible. Back then, um, the internet was coming up. But not many people had computers, you know? So, yeah. I didn't have a computer. So, I was just, like, thrown to the 
to the wolves and sheeps and everything, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna just firsthand this shit. So right. So you you were you were around a time where a lot of the artists that me and you liked, Aurora and Olivia love love musicians. We're total fucking groupies. <laughs> this is our problem. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you, and I think you've mentioned a couple stories to me, but we needed to hear it on the Pussy Mansion. What was it like? Whenever you were at the club, what musicians, artists, or actors mm. came in that would frequent the club? Do you have any good stories about that? Um, yes. Uh, Tell all of them. <laughs> so, there was a, a event that was coming here, a big concert by Depeche Mode, and me and my friend that introduced me to dancing had tickets. Second row. Oh, no, it wasn't second row. It was, it was further back. Um, but uh, the night before... Uh, Everyone from the band came into the club I was working at, and um, we hear we hear about it. We're, we you know get passed through the club. I was downstairs, and they were like, "Depeche Mode is here," and I was like, "Bullshit, motherfuckers!" Because they knew <laughs> I was a fan because I would dance with them all the time. And I was like, "You're pulling my fucking chain." And come to find out, they're in the champagne room, and uh, we made our way up there, me and my my friend and I, and. Lo and behold, they were all there, except for Dave Gahan. What the fuck? Wait, 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 wait. So, Andrew Fletcher. Andrew Fletcher. Martin. Martin Gore. And and the backing band. Like, the the touring backing band they have with the drummer, the other keyboardist. Oh, my God. We're all in the building. And, dude, oh, my God. So, of course, we flew into the freaking, in the booth. And we're like, like, going crazy. We're like, oh, my God, we have tickets to your show. And tomorrow night, and of course we hung out with them. They got dances, and <gasps> who did you dance for? Oh, well, uh, Andrew Fletcher. He he had to like because I had red hair at the time. He was like, he has red hair, so he thought we had something in common. <laughs> it was so cheesy, <laughs> and I was like nineteen. Okay, I'm gonna make them sound really bad right now. David Bowie like fucked a fourteen year old. Okay, like, and, we, we had to remember that like most musicians. Like, like I'm young. Like, has, <laughs> has the track record of musicians ever been very good? Right. No. I mean, that's <laughs> no. true. I mean, so, so at, by the end of the night, uh, I guess they, they liked us. I mean, we were just going on, like, my friend and I, huge, huge, huge Depeche Mode friend, fans. So, um. Depeche Mode friends. <laughs> by that point, now. yes. <laughs> so he, uh, Andrew Fletcher said, you know, what, what tickets do you got? They were kind of nosebleedy. They were they're expensive. He gave us second row at the show and backstage passes to go see them the next night. And we go and see them the next night at at the uh, at the show. I never got to meet Dave Gahan, who is hot as hell, and I was very upset about it. But apparently, he's recovering at that time from. Oh right, right, right. Um, so you couldn't be around all that. He couldn't shit, be around right? all that stuff. But the, everyone else was there. Um, we went backstage, and then they gave us tickets to go see them in Dallas. So we drove to Dallas to see them, went backstage, saw them uh, at their hotel. Did you roadie with them to Dallas? No, no. But oh, I roadied with another band. <laughs> Wait, who was the other band that you were roading? Love and Rockets. Um, you were with Love and Rockets? Yeah. Bitch, you roadied with Love I don't remember <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes, but it was... It was That's all, sick. Yeah. So, I danced Love and Rockets at work. Oh my God, I love them. But yeah, that, that was... Uh, 
That was another thing, but that was an under a dancer situation <laughs> with a dancer. So you tour, you you rode it with them to Dallas to go see Depeche Mode again. Depeche Mode, yeah, again, and they invited us to New Orleans, and then guess what? My friend ditched me. Fuck her, go, go by yourself. She, she ditched him because he was herself. like Andrew Fletcher was like really like comfortable with me, and I think she just did not like it. So. Girl. Andrew Fletcher, if you're out there, if the, any members or stagehands or anyone that knows Depeche Mode, if you can remember Olivia, this wonderful, what the fuck were you even wearing? Look, I need you guys to reconnect. We need to do an interview just about that night. Oh my god, yeah, it was, um, it was, I mean, can you imagine just like having the band that you've been obsessed with just come into your work? Yeah. It was amazing. Like, yeah, and you know, it's it's funny because, like, I feel like as, as strippers, we've met a lot of musicians. We've yeah. met a lot of actors, and yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I don't really get starstruck because mm. I've, you know, hung around a lot of different people, yeah. and that doesn't really phase me, but if it was someone like Depeche Mode where it's like, wow, I've listened to their music religiously throughout mm. my entire life, I would be like, holy shit, like, this is amazing. Like, that is super fucking cool. Since I was like... A- like, getting into music, they were, like, my gateway to, like, synth stuff. Like, they were, you know, now I'm, like, obsessed with synth stuff. So, it was just, like, yeah, it was something else. But, I mean, meet Martin Gore, too. Like, Oh, yeah. Dude, he's one of my fucking, like, musician, musician like, heroes. Yeah. And, and yeah. sweet. I mean, they, they really didn't disappoint me as people, even, you know, how some people get crazy at the club sometimes. Like, you hear oh, about absolutely. famous people doing weird things at the club or acting up a lot. No, they were perfect gentlemen, you know. So, it was cool. <laughs> Do you have any other, like, uh, musician or celebrity stories coming from um, the club? Just, like, uh, skate skaters, like, uh, professional skaters, stuff like that would come through. Like, I remember dancing to the Colt, and this one guy, he uh, came up, he, I don't even remember his name. He was a professional skater out of California, and I gave him my number for some reason, and he became, like, calling me, like, all the time, like... And then I was like, damn, you know, like he was, you know, he, he was like rolling. So I guess really didn't, didn't dig him. I don't know why. But aside from like professional skaters, football players, stuff like that, like nothing else besides the Pepsi most stood, stood out the most. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's how I, I would feel like I've, I've come across like, I mean, shit. I mean, I've come across like oil and gas magnets. I've come yeah. across like interesting artists and musicians and actors and nothing was that outrageous to me where it was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I think one time, um, I think Minx told me this, like, Al Jorgensen was apparently at my club. And, like, if I were to, like, see what? Al Jorgensen, I'd be like, there he is. I'd be, like, backstage, like, hey, hey, go up to my DJ, put on, put on effigy. I don't fucking know. Like, you know, that would have been really fucking cool. I don't know. That would have been cool for me. Like, oh, definitely. But, like, you know, like, Chris yeah. Pratt or, like, I don't know, whatever, Chris Hemsworth or something. I'd just be like, okay, well, that's, that's chill. Because it, it just, it happens. Yeah. It happens, and it's, it's whatever. But, like, stories like that make me, like, giddy just because like I know that excitement of someone that you've been you you have admired for such a long time yeah. like a musical hero like that's super fucking cool it, it, I mean out of everything and then the fact that yeah just being so into them having show have tickets to their show the next day um it was their it was their greatest hits tour um and it's, uh, 
it was just something else. Like, yeah, I'll never wow. forget it. And it sucks, you know, back then we didn't have, like, camera phones. Who know? They probably didn't want to have their picture taken out, like, at the club or anything. But, yeah, like, just even the after, it was just... Is something that is only in here, and it's... That's so cool. You're yeah. going to get to carry that, like, for the rest of your days. And yeah. to have it actually on recording now for a bunch of people to hear, <laughs> I'm really happy. Oh. <laughs> so, Olivia, can you tell me the most memorable stripper, or most memorable strippers that you knew in your career? Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were, there were ones that, um, when I first started working, that... I looked up to, um, God, but I can't remember their names. It's been so long now, but yeah, I mean, they were very, uh, like I said, like my inspiration as far as the Olivia thing, like pinup, uh, was a huge like inspiration for me. And these women were like living pinups and, um, so sexy and so like something, someone I would just model myself after. So yeah, there were there were a few women like that, but every, you know, it didn't happen often that I would see someone and be like, wow. But my friend, my friend, like, who got me into dancing, like, she was kind of an inspiration. Just, yeah. um, she passed away, like, recently. So, really? Yeah. So, I, I would always consider her, like, my, my, my big inspiration. Do you remember her dancer name? <sighs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, no. No. I don't remember her dancer name, actually. It starts with an E, but I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was Eve. Eve? Yeah. That's a cool name. But she had different, she had different names. But, yeah, right. Because um, we went to so many clubs yeah, together, yeah. but her, I, th- I believe it was Eve uh, when we, we first started dancing wow. together. Yeah. That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like awesome. that, that, <clears throat> that moment of like, I'm sure like you seeing her like all decked out to the nines, like ready to go work and you're just like, holy shit, like yeah. I want to fucking do this. Just seeing her like that. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that was definitely like my main inspiration that got me, and, and then on her on stage, I mean, she was just like very, um. What would she dance to? What was she like? Um, she danced to this kind of the same music I did. Uh, we both were like Depeche Mode fanatics. Um, of course she liked, uh. She, she danced to Dominatrix. Oh, that is so cool. That is super <laughs> yeah. cool. Because she, she looked like one. She was very tall and, like, statuesque. She always, she always had, like, a, you know, leather on or something. So, yeah. She, Dude, props um, to her wearing leather on stage. I know. Holy shit. And the big giant heels. The I mean, she, she wore them really high. It was just... And she would just always carry herself so gracefully. Yeah. Just in those heels, too. So, yeah. Like, definitely, like my hero as far as like you know dancer friend lady <laughs> that's so awesome yeah. i love that <laughs> can you tell me about your most memorable customer besides the one that sugared you <laughs> i was gonna say him my most memorable customer oh my god was this guy um who would my first uh regular he was so much fun he was crazy. I think he was an alcoholic. You think? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he would always come in. He would play the little machine, the little poker machines or whatever that was. Uh-huh. And I would always know to like, if I was, you know, to go look over there first. Like, is he at the machines? And usually he was. <laughs> and um, again, he was just, he wasn't like a guy that really got dances, but he would just want the company. Yeah. And he, by the end of the night, he would give me just 
all this money just yeah. just talking to him. Yeah, because it's it's a human connection too. Yeah, that you're wanting like an emotional or human connection just to be able to hang out with someone, and mm-hmm. I totally get that. He wasn't. I know he was. As far as I know, he wasn't married or had kids or anything. I guess mm-hmm. you know. I think he just wanted someone to talk to. Like he would go to the club, have his drink, and play the game, and I would just sit with him and. I guess he appreciated that. So that was very memorable for me because it was, it, it kind of like made me feel like, oh, this is going to be easy. Like, because, you know, he was like one of my first main customers. But then, you know, you have the guys that just want dances all night and you're like, I'm tired. Okay. All right. Let's yeah. do another dance. But, you know, the guys that just want to sit and connect with you or yeah. just tell them, you know, you sit there and listen to their life. You know, I think that's the most memorable of the customers that I would have. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, and I, I've had this conversation with other girls, too. Like, the stripping industry is unique in itself, just like, I mean, I would say, you know, the BDSM, the BDSM-like community or, you know, the adult entertainment industry in general. Like, it, it is like a little family in mm-hmm. some club venues, and, yeah. you know, some people have been going there for several years to, you know, a decade or longer, and you get to know and you meet these people and they become a very big part of your life. Yeah. And seeing people that you met there or outside of there and then eventually in there, whatever, is seeing the transition of, like, their lives. Because a lot of, like, my clients are older and, like, to think yeah. about specific people passing or people that have passed. or Right. It's crazy. But it's it's... It's not something that I don't think you can relate to unless you get into that industry. Like, it really is, in a lot of situations, like a very, like a family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, even with the the managers and everything. Like, you just become, like, kind of tight-knit. It was a little harder for me because I was always jumping from club to club. But, like, when the clubs that I would, like, stay in the most, like, it became very much like a family, you know. You know, they would always stick up for me, you know. You know, just, it was really... A weird dynamic. <laughs> like, you would never think you would have a family with, like, these people, you know, when you get into it. But then they become, like, family. So, yeah. yeah. So the last question that I have for you is, how would you say stripping has impacted your life? Gosh, I feel like it's, um, it helped me be more of a creative person in a way. Because, um, you know, I became, I started doing more creative things after being a dancer. Like, I became more open, um, with my, like, what I like. Like, I would act on things more. Before, like, I was just a closed-off, scared person. So, I think it made me a little fearless in a way. So, uh, I think that's definitely the top number one thing it's done for me. It's just made me more fearless gave me all these life experiences I don't think I would have otherwise you know so I'm definitely thankful for it I miss it sometimes <laughs> yeah I miss it too but I probably would miss it more from when you were dancing yeah maybe I don't know it, it was it was I, I really wish I could compare it somehow but yeah I can imagine it was a lot different you know but there's probably many good things about it now mm-hmm. you know Oh, better, for sure. Way better than it maybe was then, especially the, the laws and everything, so. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I wanted to elaborate more on the laws, like, in a, in a future episode because it is, it is for some reason, for me, very hard to really research about the, um, the laws and regulations and rules in different states and even different, like, cities or counties. 
So hopefully one day we can do an episode about that. But um, I do feel like it was perhaps a little bit even more lenient. But then when you right. told me about like the having to have a wristband with your license and then if you didn't have a license, you could work there, but you had yeah, to have the full bottoms and latex. Yep. Like I had no idea. Yep. I mean, I'm not sure if anyone listening had any idea about that, but I sure didn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know when that stopped, but definitely when I quit dancing, that was still in effect. Wow. The whole time I was dancing. Wow. <laughs> so, it was a long time. Do you have anything that you want to end the interview with? Like, do you have any advice? Do you have any good stories left to tell? Anything that you want to end off with this interview, Olivia? Um, no, I guess say that, uh... Definitely, like, with what's going on in, in the world, um, just, I think just to uh, hang in there. I think even if people are listening that are looking to be a dancer, I feel like during this time, you could, like, build up your confidence, buy all the cool outfits, like, listen to stuff like this, like, you know, you'll have, you'll get the courage just through stuff like this, like, podcasts and YouTube videos or whatever. I mean, I, I know there are girls out there that probably are like like I kind of was that you don't even have that person to look up to to be like yeah look at this you know so this is what they have to you know this is what they have so mm-hmm. I feel like during the pandemic use it to build yourself up and get out there yeah so. like take the resources that are available to you yeah I think do you what you can to have like the resources now right to, to get that courage or whatever that may be so so actually, I, I do have a question for you before we end this. I had an email sent to me in regards to confidence, and I wanted you to be able to help me answer this. Okay. So we got an email, um, actually kind of in September, whenever we were taking a break, okay. by us. This is from a lovely, lovely human being named Donna. And they say, hey... I love your podcast. Just listened to your update episode and you said to send in questions. Well, I have quite the question. What's your take on plus size women in the industry? Like, how would you tell them to be confident and break down a barrier to do such a thing? Uh, well, definitely. Like, I think they're, like I was saying earlier, like, there's types. Men have all kinds of types. And, you know, plus size women are beautiful they're everything they got the big boobs for the most part or the big ass or both and even if they don't like they're just beautiful women and I know it's hard to have the confidence um sometimes if you feel like you're different or you don't look exactly like the girl that's you know up on stage at that time but I feel like you know it's you have to remember that just you there is a guy that's going to be into that and like really into it you know yeah. and you know just like the guy's going to be into someone with like tattoos or you know or with absolutely no tits or absolutely no tits or no butt or whatever like there is going to be a guy that wants and then I don't know I feel like uh it would definitely just keep that in mind like don't don't let how someone else looks defeat you at all yeah focus on you so I guess that's what I had to do because I was always so like looking at everyone else like I'm not like that I'm not I you know I'm short I have big thighs you know I'm, I'm not I'm pale you know whatever it may be so uh I had to look beyond that I had to be like unless you're there you will know that there will be a guy just like you know when you're on that stage it just happens yeah so and the other thing is the other thing is when you're when you're entering the industry 
and you want to audition for a club, go to the club first and see what the clientele is like. And uh, when you see what the clientele is like, a lot of clubs that have been established, they cater toward a certain clientele. So when you get to go there and you kind of see the variety of uh, entertainers that are working there, it can help guide you onto where you need to go. But I promise you, you will find a club that you fit into because like Olivia said, there is a different flavor and a different taste for everyone. And you are going to be someone's flavor, guaranteed. Mm, definitely. So this is uh, actually, like, uh, one of the things that I was really scared about whenever I actually started dancing. I used to wear thigh-high stockings all the time. And the reason why was because I have, I have pretty intense self-harm scars. Like, they're noticeable. And they're all across my thighs. And I was a self-harmer for 10 years. And I have been free of self-harm for over a year now, which is awesome. And I was so worried about um, people looking at my scars. And one day I just decided I'm gonna not wear the thigh-high stockings anymore. And no one ever really said anything about it. But it freaked me out. I was so scared, I was so nervous, and then eventually I was just like, fuck it, who cares? And it was, uh, it was a really big relief, but in the end of it all, I knew that it was all about myself and my confidence to take off those stockings and just be like, well, here goes nothing. And um, I, I hope that whoever feels in any certain way, whenever they're entering like the stripping industry or going into sex work, if, you, if there is a part of you that you just like, you really don't like or you have animosity towards yourself, I really, really, really hope that you can move past that and that you learn to love yourself in the way that you can so I did it and I know so many other girls that have done it as well so I hope that you can do the same <laughs> all right guys well thank you so much for listening to this wonderful interview with Olivia um if you would like to tip Olivia for her time the cash app is going to be dollar sign the pussy mansion Thank you so much, Olivia, for coming on. I really appreciate it and giving us the insight to what it was like stripping for you and your career at that time. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to email me again at aurora.violets at yahoo.com. Um, I love hearing your stories. I love having questions to answer, so please send them in. And like I said, if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and send us a couple of dollars. And if you want to, like, you know, tip the dancer that was just on, please just fill in Olivia in the cash shop note and it will be given directly to her. So thank you so much, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful whatever the fuck you're doing. If you're listening to this in the morning, holy fuck. Who knows? <laughs> and if you're listening to this at night, go get some rest, baby. Good night. Vomit through your mouth.